So look, um, Emmanuel, uh, again, thanks for joining us. How did you get started and get into the, uh, at least not into the sport of sports of mixed martial arts itself, but, you know, being a fan and interviewing the fighters, running podcasts and just creating content and material on the sport, on the upcoming events and also the past events, as well as the athletes themselves? Right. So uh, me personally, MMA started back in 2010 when I started training MMA. Um, and by doing that, I was obviously introduced to UFC because I'm one of those few people that I started training first and then watching after. Uh, most people normally watch UFC first and then they start training after. Um, I was the other way around. Um, and then the podcast itself, it came about when Reese McGee had his uh, UFC debut. And I had no idea who he was. And the guy lives like 45 minutes away from me. Um, and, and because I wasn't following any of the you know, smaller promotions or anything like that. I was always just watching UFC, nothing else. Wouldn't even entertain Bellator or Brave, nothing like that. Um, just a UFC diehard fan, really. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so once once I saw uh, Reese in there, I, w- I just started thinking, okay, this is wrong. I should know that I have, like, athletes, you know, in my backyard that have UFC-level talents. And if I don't know, I'm going to make sure that I know from now on that I follow their journeys until, you know, whether it's UFC, Bellator, Brave, One Championship, whatever happens, happens to be. But I'm going to make sure that I will know the next guy getting the UFC that's from, you know, my backyard. So that's how the, the idea came about. Um, that's why I called it the Prospect MMA, because I wanted to get the prospects from an amateur level all the way up. So, yeah, you weren't when it comes to interviewing the athletes, you never felt nervous or even scared. Because before I started doing this, before we got guests on, really, it was David who <laughs> who reached out to quite a few of the people that we've interviewed on the podcast so far. Um, he's a lot braver than me. I've always been very reserved and always been very nervous that you kind of first of all, you don't know this person and they don't know you, so. The whole thing for me, for me personally speaking, it does feel rather awkward. So I tend to feel like, no, I can never do that. It's best I just stick to just talking about the sport from on the side, you know, and from the outside. Yeah. If they if they would like to come and you know speak about something on the podcast, I'd be more than happy to to entertain that. But when it comes to doing things the other way around, reaching out to them and asking them to come onto the show, I've been very wary and very um just very nervous about doing that. I mean but for you it, that wasn't the case no 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 uh on the contrary uh so I'll tell you this story so um I was suffering from uh depression and anxiety um I was in a car crash in 2014 um I, I've put on like a lot of weight I was 18 stones um and for those who don't know that's uh 255 pounds so that's heavyweight territory that I was in, um, heavier than some of the heavyweights, like Stipe Miocci and stuff like that, you know. Um, <clears throat> and I started, after like two years of suffering with depression, I started uh, going through my weight loss. Um, 
I lost a bunch of weight and then I wanted to tackle the anxiety portion of it. And I came across this challenge called the 75 hard challenge online. Um, and it's like 75 days of misery. But part of that program is you got to do something that you don't want to do and you got to do it every day. And I was like, what's worse than for me to go live on Instagram with someone that I don't know, talk about MMA, okay? That's a subject that I can talk with anyone for hours, whether I know them or I don't, right? So I had that topic in mind. Um, and the why, the why was was to, to, to get to know the next fighters that will be going on to the UFC and so on. But the, the, the going live on Instagram was, was really important for me to get out of my comfort zone so that, you know, like doing on Zoom, you can edit, you can cut, you can make mistakes and kind of, you know, brush them off. But when you're live, you're live. There's no second takes. That's it. Um, so I did that on purpose just to get me out of my comfort zone, uh, help with my anxiety, um, allow me to connect with people and talk to people again. And, and I can say, it worked like the, yeah there's no other <laughs> there's no other thing to say like you worked i can now talk with anyone anytime anywhere no no nerves really um i used to get like super nervous before you know like mm. shitting breaks yeah but you know poker face <laughs> go live and that's it <laughs> and then you, like one of the things you, you you have with the live is that you have a bunch of people on the comments asking questions and I'm commentating and all that stuff. So um, it kind of makes it a bit worse at the beginning, but now I, I kind of like it, enjoy that and like that portion of it. Uh, so it makes it more interactive between my followers and their followers, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're not alone. It is, it is hard at the beginning, but if you keep at it, like I'm now, I'm now a, a year later, and I'm nearly 300 episodes in. So like, that's a lot of hours, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. So yeah, you, it will become second nature. Uh, fingers crossed, I, I hope so. But I mean, what got you into the sport, I mean, of mixed martial arts? Have you always been a fan of, not just mixed martial arts, but of combat sports in general? No, never, never. <laughs> that's another funny story. Um, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So like my mom would be the one person saying, you know, you can't watch movies that have violence on TV. You can't have any toys that resemble any violence whatsoever. So yeah, yeah. Like um, I couldn't watch like Dragon Ball or anything like that. So I was like always very like sheltered growing up. Um, and so I never followed like anything like that. And then when I moved over here, so I'm from Portugal for reference. Um, whenever I moved to Northern Ireland, um, again, I was like overweight and I had gone through a, to a breakup with my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, I'm going to get in shape and, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to win her back, you know? Um, so I knew this friend of mine that was doing MMA and the guy was like, ripped like shredded like you know like proper fit and i was like yeah i'm gonna try and do that and uh, i literally joined on a monday and uh, i just kept showing up and um dave saw me in person but if he, if he could picture me as a featherweight 
I went from 15 stones at a time down to a feather weight, which is like 10 stone or something. Uh, so yeah, so that was my first weight loss uh, journey that I went through. And, and it was literally random. If I didn't know that guy at that time that was doing MMA, I would have never probably stumbled upon it. But knowing him, obviously admiring his work ethic and how he looked got me into it. Starting it for me was like, this is amazing because of the, the chess match that happens between people and, and, and me growing up, I was always like a huge nerd. I've, I've like played in tur tournaments all over Portugal of chess and magic the gathering. And then for those who know the game, it's like high, highly complicated and there's a lot of strategy behind it and stuff like that. So I always enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, MMA was that times a hundred because there's actual physical consequences to your mistakes. It's not just I win and you lose, something is going to go wrong, you know? So, uh, so yeah, so that brought me in straight away. Um, I done MMA for a year and then I had to stop because I got my shoulder torn in a Kimura. So submission that I didn't tap. Uh, so yeah, anybody watching this, just tap and live to fight another day. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your ego outside the gym. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, my, my arm got torn. So then I left MML together, just kept watching the UFC. So it was one of them things I can't do it, but I'll still stay up to date. Um, and this was around the John Jones rise, John Jones, Anderson Silva, JSP. So that's, that's like when. MMA really started taking over and really rising, I think. Uh, so yeah, so that's around the time that I started like really paying attention to it. And again, because I started with the UFC, you know, I never had a reason to look at, you know, Cage Warriors or, or Bellator or anything like that. I was like, this is the best. Like people even tried to get me to watch boxing, but like, I looked at boxing and I was like, this is some dumb shit. I could kick that guy or take him down. Like, what the fuck, you know? And and, and vice versa. People try to get me to look uh, at BJJ. And I'm like, this is also bullshit. I could elbow this guy or I could punch him or, you know, that kind of stuff. So once you learn MMA and you appreciate MMA, everything else just seems incomplete and dumb by comparison to it. And I was under the impression by watching UFC, everything else is also going to be, you know, on the lower standard by comparison with the UFC. Uh, but I was mistaken. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the UFC level in Ireland, I can say it's like proper. You know, um, it's kind of like for myself, it's like similar to, to you. Um, mixed martial arts, what really got me, let me say, yeah, let's say an, an, as a novice fan, but what really um, sparks or starts my interest in, of the sport is that I just had just one kickboxing coach with, just one kickboxing session with a coach last year at the start of the pandemic in the UK, um, the COVID virus. Um, so just that one session, I, I enjoyed the fact that, you know, maybe you've had a long, really horrible day and you just need something therapeutic to just vent out all that stress on something and all the punching, the kicking, just getting rid of that anger and through that through that let's okay it's violence but it's very therapeutic and you know it's just very satisfying oh, yeah. very very that 
I was thinking, wow, so there's this sport that I've been seeing mixed martial arts. And the other time, but a few years before that, when I when you know, when I'd had seen something or was interested in a particular event that was related to, I think it was when Conor McGregor was gonna fight it, Manny Pacquiao. It was back in 2015. Um, oh, was it May May when he fought Mayweather? No, yeah, that yes, May yes, that was it. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, no, that and that wasn't even mixed martial arts, was it? That was boxing. That's right. Yeah, that was boxing. Uh, I remember there was an event that involved Conor McGregor, and it was a huge event, both in the US, here in the UK, Ireland, everywhere. And okay, that interested me then, then I lost interest. But then I actually actually last year did a you know a boxing, not not boxing, but a kickboxing um, session lesson with a, a kickboxing coach. I just, I enjoyed it a lot. It was very therapeutic. I mean, that just started my interest. And, you know, more or less everything just started snowballing from there. So, um, yeah, though I do understand that the sport is still quite, frown- is still frowned upon by quite a few people because of the health implications, you know, injuries to the head and um, other areas, but the head in particular. Boxing or MMA? <laughs> Makes my, well... You could say both, but I think there's a really good argument here for us to have. Okay, if you no, want to no. Go there, right? <laughs> oh, you set him up. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Okay. <laughs> probably... is, 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 is like far worse than MMA. As yes. far as like head injuries, boxing is like far worse than MMA. You go look at the deaths from boxing versus deaths from MMA, and it's like hundreds of percents higher in boxing than it is in MMA. It's like, there's not even an argument, but people have that misconception. So think about this. In boxing, I knock you down. The referee doesn't stop the fight. He's going to give you 10 seconds for you to get get up, and he's going to give you another chance for you to get knocked the fuck out again. Like, what the hell? In MMA, you get down, that's it. It's over. Fight's over. If you're not completely out, you can try to take down and, and, and minimize the damage so you can buy yourself some time, way more than 10 seconds most of the times, right? If you're being um, outstrike on your feet, again, you can try to take down. So you, you're, you're not forcing this situation where you have to be a punching bag for X amount of minutes, you know, 12 rounds of two minutes or whatever happens to be in boxing. Um, where- it's just being constantly punched. And then that's the other problem. With boxing, it's it's pretty much head first, and then you have a little, little bit of the body as your target. Where MMA, they can go for the legs, they can go for the body and the head. So it's not just legs. And then obviously you have the, the, the percentage of people that are actually grapplers and they're not strikers that are just going to try, you know, take you down, submit you. That's it. Safe night for everybody done and dusted nobody takes any head damage so you have like a huge percentage of fights that end without even you know any serious head damage where in boxing you always have to occur some head damage before the fight is stopped absolutely yeah there's absolutely. no way around it because that's the sport of boxing yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, could anybody could I... wants to have that argument with me it's like <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> no i i agree with exactly what you're saying the one thing is, obviously, there's not as much data on UFC or MMA now as there is in boxing because it's been a long time. But I exactly what you're saying is, and especially because they've got 10-ounce gloves, because then you can keep hitting and hitting and people aren't getting knocked down and you're constantly getting rocked in the brain. 
with oh, yeah. the 10 ounce gloves as opposed to if you get hit with four ounce glove chances are you're going night night if they catch you correctly whereas in boxing yes. it's just a sustained sustained and like you said they get a chance to get back up like Tyson yeah. Fury when he got hit by Dante Wilder his lights were out like to, I know he came back and, yeah, yeah I know he came yeah. back and won that fight but like you said in MMA if he hit the ground like that it's over yeah. so I, I agree with what you say because there's so many different facets to MMA um with with the grappling, you can go for a takedown, but I think they're more they're more conscious of the health, the health as well, and and stuff like that. That once they go down, the referees, I'd rather referee stop it early than stop it late. And yes, if that, yeah, like like the the Frankie Edgar situation this weekend where he was complaining of the stoppage, but then he gets up and he's like, chicken dance everywhere, you know, like okay, like you can't argue that. You might be yeah. arguing, but it was the correct stoppage. There's no, there's no argument there. For your safety, you're like 40 years of age, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. let the fight go. There's like a repetition of what happened with with yeah. him and um, Sandman Corey Sandhagen back in February or March. Just uh, that that single flying <laughs> knee was and vicious. Edgar was out. Oh, God. Uh, was yeah, like he was out. That was it. Yeah. Um, so, David, uh, because um, Emmanuel, you said that you can only hang around up until about nine forty-five. Yeah. Well, can you stay for a bit longer? Yeah, maybe uh, another five or ten minutes, maybe. After uh, that, David, did you want to review the uh, UFC two sixty-eight? It was a very stacked card. Well, I was going to ask. I I, wa- I wanted to ask Emmanuel more about his uh, his his uh, his page and what he's doing. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, because we've we've got him on here, so just trying to get the knowledge out of him now of what he's done and how he's got to where he's got. True, true. Um, yeah, so obviously you said you went and with people in your in your backyard and you wanted to know them. Uh, you've only been doing this about a year, really, haven't you? Is it a year that you've been so doing the interviews or something? November the 11th is going to be the first year. So that's Thursday. Thursday is going to be the one-year anniversary of the podcast. That's when I put the image made from the Samsung notes on my phone where I changed the background onto black and I put letters in red and I just typed Prospect MMA Podcast, took a screenshot, went on Instagram, created the page, took the name, okay, that sorted, went on Twitter, did the same thing. Uh, yeah, we went on Facebook, did the same thing and, and yeah, went on YouTube as well, did the same thing. So like I took Prospect MMA Podcast everywhere. Uh, went on Anchor FM, which is where I host the, the podcast from, uh, which I don't do often, to be honest, because I need like a podcast manager to help me with that. <laughs> uh, I just do too many. Like the volume is so much that I can't, I, yeah, I can't keep up. Uh, I tried at the beginning, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, so that was the first step, the, 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 the inception of the idea. Um, and then... Yeah, I took all the names and then it was literally the UFC was on that, that weekend and I looked at all the prelims and I ch- started checking every single fighter on all the prelims because that's all I wanted to know. So like, let me dedicate this podcast to guys that are that don't have the spotlight on them, right? So prelims, check all the fighters. And then I start checking like some of these fighters have less followers than I have on my on my uh, coaching page. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, this is wrong. Uh, 
like some of them had like 800 followers, like a thousand followers. Uh, and I'm like, uh, okay. I would think being a UFC fighter, they would have like, you know, 10,000 plus followers, but that's not the case, unfortunately. Uh, um, I think like if you call yourself a UFC fighter, you should be so well compensated that like that's all you do. That, that That's your job. You have nothing else to do. But that's a topic for another another conversation, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so I messaged like a bunch of them and then I got like one, re one reply, you know. So I was like, okay, fuck it. I'll have this, this UFC fighter on. And then in the same week, Clan Wars announces the Clan Wars 38 card for December. And then they start putting their matchups uh, up like they do now, you know, announcing this person versus this person. So then I started messaging those people and those started re re replying really quick. I was like, okay. So I, I'm onto something here. UFC might be too, too early for me to try and hit those names because I literally had just started the page, you know, uh, versus the local guys. So, you know, I message them, you know, I'm from Northern Ireland as well, blah, 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 blah. This is what I'm looking to do. And yeah, I got a few replies and, and that's literally how I started. But then because like I, I, I literally sent like everybody messages, which we're talking about 40 fighters and, and most of them said yes. That's why I started, you know, having episode on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, next week again, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because I wasn't going to say no, right? I already had sent the messages. I wasn't expecting everybody to say yes, or most people to say yes. So then I couldn't say no. So I was like, okay, fuck it. You've sent all the messages. Now you have to get through everybody. I was thinking at the beginning, I'm just going to do like one interview a week, you know, which is what everybody else does on their podcasts. But yeah, since everybody said yes, I was like, okay, now I got to hold up to my side of the deal and I have to get everybody on. Um, and yeah, he started catching on really well. Um, then after that clan wars, we had cage legacy announcing for March and then around the same time clan wars announces the next card as well. So they were both going to go in March, like a week or two from each other. So again, you're talking about 40 fighters on one side, 40 fighters on another. So I had like 80 potential fighters to, you know, ask who wants to come on the podcast. Um, and then I got the first promotion to get in touch with me, which was Cage Steel from England. And they were like, oh, we love what you're doing, this and that. Can you interview some of our fighters? So I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so then I started doing that for them. Um, then Cage Legacy got canceled because of COVID. Clan Wars got canceled because of COVID. Um, so then things got like postponed until June or July earlier this year. So again, another card gets released because most of the fights had to be scrapped. Uh, but yeah, so then, you know, like every time there's like an event going on, you have like a, a huge pool of fighters to ask as far as gets go, go, goes, sorry. Um, so yeah, so, so is that, is that what you were asking? Yeah. How did yeah, I, just was it? How? Yeah, how did you get started? Um, <laughs> when you asked your first, your your first set of guests, obviously the forty fighters, or whatever. 
How many followers did you have at that stage? Less than a hundred. Literally. Like Alexander O'Sullivan was the first guy to say yes. And he is literally like one of the best amateurs in Ireland. The guy had, had like 29 fights at the time. He was 19 and 10, and he was going to have his last amateur fight, his 30th fight. Um, he was the first guy to say yes. He had over a thousand followers. So he was like a guy that didn't care how many followers I had. If I wanted to talk to him, he was like, yep, I'm game to have a conversation. Um, and that's what I found across the board. Most guys are like down to have a conversation and say yes. Um, yeah, if you're interested in them, they will give you the time. Especially these guys at this level, you know, amateur level. Um, yeah, and then and and that's something that I definitely enjoyed. For one, it's less pressure having an amateur guy than a UFC mm. athlete. Let me tell you that, because <laughs> mm. a UFC athlete, I feel like you need to have you know all your questions written, all your research done, and all this and that. Where I I also found out as I've been doing this more and more, I want to be like Joe Rogan in the sense of I want to have a conversation. I don't want to have an interview. I don't want to have questions written. You know, I have a few topics that I know I'm going to hit, but I'm just going to let the conversation flow from the beginning to the end. And uh, and yeah, I I think that's something that people enjoy when they watch my my interviews. Uh, yeah, because like everything is unscripted. There's like not a single thing that I script or, you know, research or questions that I write down, anything like that. It's too much for me. So <laughs> I have too many <laughs> fighters on to be doing that. <laughs> Literally, yeah. All right. Um, no, no, that, that's great. Uh, one thing that actually prompted a question in my mind was um the ufc fighters when they do see when they do ask you or when you ask them to the high ranking the high ranking guys and the names are established in the uh in the ufc and more or less in the sport of mixed martial arts when you reach out to them to ask them for like, an interview to come into your podcast and so on do they actually go and check your numbers how many views you have how many followers you have never once have i got anybody asking me that question never once uh, okay but again i i don't really hit the top guys i hit the guys in like the prelims and stuff like that okay if that makes sense no yeah. i i get what you're saying um i yeah. got that once when i reached out to a particular person but they weren't well at the time they were tied they were connected to someone who was a ufc fighter. in fact they're coming off the end of their career they're retiring uh you may know who this is but uh, they actually said, um, they're more or less kind of say like your numbers are too small, your numbers are too low, and uh, blah blah blah. I may not be able to help you with your numbers because I mean they would have come to the show, but I think they were using that as an excuse not to come onto my show at the time. So I thought, okay, it's a good chance he's he's not going to come on. So I thought it is what it is. If he comes on, fine. If he doesn't come on, okay, I can't I can't force him to do to do just that. I mean, the person from what from what I was seeing in the media and everything else at the time, they're very, very narcissistical. So um, I can't say that I was surprised at the sort of feedback that I was getting after reaching out to them and, and you know, asking them to come to the show. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I was just aware of that because it's something that I do did consider before in the past. If my numbers are too low, then or the view if the ratings are too low, then potentially no, like the way might... the way I see it is if you don't ask, you don't get. That's the first thing, and this comes from like sales background one on one. If you don't ask, you don't get, and that's what I've worked in most of my life was sales. So like reaching out and sending that DM doesn't cost you any money. It's not going to take much time either. So like you might as well ask, right? If you're ready to have them on the show, you might as well ask. Uh, but I can tell you from the nearly 300 interviews that I've done, I think less than 10 are UFC fighters. You know, so it's not like I've I've done a huge amount. I've done Mason Jones before he had his UFC debut. I had Reese McKee while he was in the UFC. Um, I had Jimmy the Brick Flick, which again, was before he went on the UFC. So I had him like on the week of the fight that he was going to have his UFC debut. Um, so you can kind of see a team here. Like whenever a fighter is like announced that he's going to go on the UFC, I like reach out. You want to come on prospect MMA. It's like self-explanatory. You're a prospect. You're going to the UFC. Let's get to know you and that kind of stuff. Um, I had Miranda uh, fear the Maverick on she was a really good one because she was in the prelims, I think, twice. She came on. She, she has like, or she had 24,000 followers at the time. And then she won this fight in like fantastic fashion. And she went like in one weekend from like 24,000 to like 60,000 followers. But because I had messenger before that happened, she still got in touch with me. And she said, yeah, we'll do the interview this day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we still got that one done. You, like, I'm pretty sure, and some other fighters would have just, you know, oh, I'm not too big or something, you know, I now have 60,000 followers. I don't need to be giving attention to this guy that has like 1,500 followers or whatever I had at the time, you know. Uh, but yeah, she, she, she kept her word and she came on the podcast, and uh, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I had Nathan. The mayhem, mayhem, something like that, whatever his last name is, can't remember. Uh, so yeah, like I, I haven't had like that many UFC fighters, and you're probably not going to know most of the names if I had to guess. So it's like you know, smaller kind of guys, um, and that's what I want to help them with. At the same time, I want my podcast in ten years time to be the podcast that people come on to get to know the fighters before they go on to the UFC or if they join the UFC, they, they, they want to come on my podcast to introduce themselves to the world. Um, and I want like UFC to look at my podcast and be like, oh, he's having this guy that doesn't fight for us. Why is he having him on? Let's get in touch with this guy and let's give him a UFC yeah, contract. That, that kind of stuff. Uh, sure thing. Um, I think we might have to wrap up here and probably reconnect again because David, the uh, Zoom is telling me that uh, you only get about 60 minutes to record unless if you uh, upgrade to pro and then you get more time. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, well, things work oh. out. It, it, it's 9.45 anyway, so yeah, that, that, that works out. Uh, but yeah, we can do a part two whenever. I'm done for it. David, yeah. what did you think? 
Yeah, I do part two, no problem. Like, there's still more questions I'd like to ask. Obviously, if we need to go, we need to go. But, like, there's so many things. Me and Emmanuel know each other outside of this as well. But there's so many things I wouldn't have asked him, kind of, that I can get to ask him now. Not that I wouldn't ask you. I just think it's more of a suitable setting now and it's more interesting to talk about. So I would I would love to have Emmanuel on again uh, for a part Definitely, two, yeah. personally, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Shout out to our muscle. <laughs> he's, always, he's always promoting his sponsors. Ah, look, that's, that's actually good. another that's question I'm ask you on part two. That's what I'm going to ask you on part two. I won't ask you any money figures, just how you got your sponsors. Yeah, yeah. But, that's, uh, that's very good. That one as well. Good stuff. Are you, are, you, are you guys then going to put the two episodes together and then publish as one? Or, or will you literally publish think... part one and then? Um, I think, yeah, that's probably what I have to do. But I'll see once I end this call, I'm going to see what the software does because usually what Zoom will do is that after ending the call, it will start to convert the previous video. I'm chatting to an MP4 file, which takes about, depending how long it is, takes about 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. Unfortunately, that's, well, that's how fast my computer is, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, so... You have one. <laughs> yeah. My um, kids jumped on, on on both of my laptops, so like I have nothing. So it's like, yeah, at least you got one. Yeah, right. I need to get a laptop as well and make it easier for editing and stuff. Yeah, I have my well, phone. Thank you. That's it. Yeah, I need to. I need to look into more software and stuff. So, thank you for coming on, and we will arrange you know the time for a part two. Well, yeah, no worries. Um, let me no. just tell you this. Do you remember the blue phone that I was using at Cage Legacy? Yeah. It's been broken beyond repair. Lost all the footage from that. All of it. And that's the phone that I recorded most of my stuff. So, yeah. I had a similar issue cool. as well. I was trying yeah. to convert them across from my Google Cloud onto, so it would come onto the, the phone that I use so it could go straight to Instagram. And whatever happened in the process, I left it out. And I don't know if someone... A child got at it or something, but all my footage from the second phone is gone, not the first phone. So, well, you got the viral knockout, so well done on that one. Yeah, yeah. But oh, that was another one, David. At the UR, IUR fighting championship. Yeah, I'll all have right, a second guys. phone for that. Thank you. Right. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good night, right, okay? Guys. Take care, man. Thank you. Very Thank much. you.